Welcome to Dragon Talk. Very excited Woo! for y'all to be here. We've got Me too. a very exciting time uh, for this episode of Dragon Talk. It is me, your host, Greg Tito, joined by Shelly Mazanoble. Hello, Shelly. Hello, Greg. How are you? Very good. Uh, I got to wake up today and uh, see a new president in charge of the United States of America. And uh, it and made me happy. And a new vice president. Exactly. Yes. It was wonderful. It was wonderful to see. Uh, it's a, an historic moment, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. My kids were watching it. It made me feel very much like we were doing our, our, our civic duty. Um, yep. And it felt uh, like there was just the right number amount of pomp and circumstance. Yes. And I, I was impressed with like the flow. And I'm like, they, they really have this base. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I actually very much enjoy the pomp and circumstance of, of um, these types of, of government events. Like, it's just like, I like to see like the color guard and the, the, the bands playing and the parades. And I, I like it. I just, it's, it's exciting to see. And it was, I'm still grinning. It was just, hmm. I got teary eyed and I cheered and I, we were clapping and trying to force Quinn to sit down and, and watch this. This is history. I'm like, your kids will maybe ask you about this moment and what, you know, trying to explain the significance of Vice President Harris, you know, taking that role and being the first woman to um, to become vice president. And he's just like, women are always in charge. Why is that a big deal? <laughs> <laughs> that is the energy we want like, 2021 oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. to be like, right? Women I'm are always right? in charge, uh, at least in my household, uh, with, with three women. Uh, yeah. They definitely rule uh, what's going yeah. on, except when I'm dungeon you know, master. <laughs> Actually, that's not even true. They still they still rule no. when, I'm, when I'm dungeon master too. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Yeah. So you know, outside of this house, things are a little different, kid. But you're right. Inside this house, yeah, it is. It is ruled by a woman. <laughs> Just don't tell Bart. <laughs> oh, he knows. Oh, yeah. He knows. He's, it was part of the deal. <laughs> It's totally part of the deal. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't. He doesn't even want that role. So don't worry. <laughs> He's fine. Well, He's, that smiling, uh, 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 you know, kind of soreness of the face is uh, continued yes. in our interview today with Robin Warren from Geek Girl Strong. Uh, extremely, you know, uh, fun person to talk Inspiring. to about yeah. Dungeons and Dragons and being a uh, nerdy kid while also. Um, having uh, fitness and uh, athleticism not be something that's, you know, those two things are not separate. They can be uh, together. And, you know, one thing that we always say here on this here podcast is that we are all people that have full breaths of interests and uh, activities in their lives. And nothing says that more than someone who is both a, you know, jock or a uh, self-described that way, uh, but who also loves to play Dungeons & Dragons. You know, we saw that when we had Joe Manganiello on all those years ago. Like, that was something that he talked about then, and he's embracing the the geek side of himself. Uh, And I want more athletes out there to do that, as well as more geeks out there to embrace their athleticism. Yep. Do it. 
and talk about it in our wonderful community because there's very supportive people here who want to watch you succeed. Exactly. As we've seen. Yeah. So hopefully this uh, the interview with Robin will give you all that. Uh, as you're preparing for the release of Candle Keep Mysteries, we announced this a few weeks ago. Very excited about the first book from Dungeons & Dragons coming in 2021 that is all about bite-sized adventures that you can play in a session or two. We know a lot of people are playing online right now, so this is perfect for a one-shot or getting together, uh, you know, perhaps a group of your working out buddies uh, to play uh, for a session, and maybe that balloons into a larger campaign. Uh, it's all set in the fortress library of Candlekeep. And, uh, you know, I, I think you and I, Shelley, both really loved uh, that a lot of these adventures are, are begun through a book. I love it. All of them, yeah. They're all, and it's, yes, tied to a book discoverable um, in, in Candlekeep or around Candlekeep. I actually don't know the, that's maybe that's part of the mystery. That is part of the Where mystery. you even find the books. Um, yes, and I love that they are uh, adventures for many different levels. So if, you know, you want to jump in something intermediate, you can do that. If you've got people who want to learn how to play D&D or just beginning, what a cool way to introduce them yeah. to D&D. So they go all the way up to level 16. So Yeah. And many mm -hmm. of the adventures revolve around mysteries, as we said. So you're going to be discovering mm -hmm. and finding out stuff, which is always uh, a great hook for uh, people playing D&D. But also, I really appreciate that so many of the adventure writers are yes. new to not necessarily writing, but writing uh, published D&D works. Um, we've talked about uh, Amy Vorpal and Jen Kretschmer, as well as Tamor Raymond, uh, and we'll be talking about much more of these adventures going forward, but all of them uh, just had wonderful stories to tell about uh, working with Chris Perkins on this book as well as uh, getting their adventures published in a D&D &D manual as being, you know, a dream come true. And uh, it's a dream come true for me to talk about it. I know. It's, it is, it's just, it's the kind of story that we love here on Dragon Talk. And we'll, we'll get to talk to um, a lot of these these writers, I'm sure, in the next month or so. Yeah. And if you're a fan of uh, Candlekeep uh, in, in general as the location, you'll learn more about it, uh, even more so than what was in uh, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus um, and get more background information on that too. So you can drop in a library like this uh, into your homebrew campaign uh, or, you know, play it whole cloth as if it is in the Forgotten Realms like the, the, uh, many of our other D&D adventures are in. So wealth of information is coming out. Coming out. That's not how you say it. But coming out. It is coming out. Maybe it is. We're, in, we're making in this, this new term come to life. <laughs> March 16th is a date I was trying to get out of my brain. Uh, that is when Candlekeep Mysteries will be available. There's two covers. There's a standard cover and an alternate cover that you can get at your local game store. And as always, those copies are in high demand. So I would suggest getting to your game store early and letting them know that you're going to be picking it up uh, from there on March 16th. Yeah, the alt cover is really, really... Well, both covers are are gorgeous. The alt cover is is very cool and it looks like the kind of book if you left it out some one of your friends might try to open it and you could go don't open it and just freak them out <laughs> it's like the necronomicon <laughs> do not touch Klaatu, that. Barata, 
<laughs> Do you know I just had a text part and say, can you shut my door? Really? Is that <laughs> I can't reach it. Yes. It's like too, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just like, like get up in the middle of, of this recording. Yeah. But um, I also don't want you to have to hear Quinn playing Fortnite. You can cast Mage Hand and close the door that way. That's, I need, I would love a Mage Hand. One day. One day we'll get Mage Hands, Shelly. Oh, it'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, that's uh, exciting for fans of Dungeons and Dragons uh, coming out, and we've got even more crazy announcements out there, ready. It's at the tip of our tongues. All of what we've got planned for 2021. It's going to be a really great year. Um, and as always, we're excited about the D and D community getting together online to play. We just ran a wonderful D and D virtual play weekend, uh, and I encourage more of you out there if you're looking for new groups or want to find uh, a game that suits your style or the platform of choice if you'd like to play on Roll20 or just Theater of the Mind style or, or any of the ways out there, Fake Fantasy Grounds, I'm, I'm listing all of them, but you know you can find it on uh, our Discord, Discord server uh, for Dungeons & Dragons, the official thing, as well as through these virtual play weekends every week, uh, I'm sorry, every month. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of great success stories from people who have found groups, started playing, as well as uh, folks who are able to find games in the language of their choice. We're going to be adding more and more yeah. things beyond English, um, and that's super exciting because we know that there are people all over the world who play D&D, and I'm uh, uh, very excited about them getting together and playing in their native language. Yes, I'm very excited about maybe if you don't know how to play D&D or if you have, you know, people who are interested in learning how to play D&D or you don't have a dungeon master. Like this is a perfect place for you to go find one of those intro friendly tables and you will learn everything that you need to know about D&D and have a great experience playing with some of the best dungeon masters that are out there. So get ready because they're coming back uh, next month. Yeah. So. Keep checking the website for for those dates. We're gonna keep keep them going because we know that that's what people need right now. Some D and D, some D and D, some some time together with friends, telling stories. Like that's the catharsis that everyone needs uh, um, during these quarantine times. Uh, as well, I don't know if you anecdotally had this experience, but uh, I think I mentioned this before. But I had I think three friends and acquaintances reach out to me over the over the uh, holiday break about how to get started. How do I start playing with my kids? How do I start doing this? And so um, these virtual play weekends are a great way to to do that, as well as, of course, the introductory products that we've got out there, uh, like the Essentials Kit and the Starter Set. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's ever more interest in getting something like this going. I am always excited when I get... Uh, uh, contacted by a friend who says their, their kid is interested in D&D or starting to play D&D. Like, it, I know it happens, but it's still just like, look at the kids are finding D&D. And I just know their future is going to be so bright because of it. I just know all the good things that are going to come from it. So, uh, And it's wonderful to see their parents being so encouraging of it. And like, how can I foster this? How can I keep this going? What do we need? What do we need to do? Yeah. So, yeah. so good for you. shout out to all you parents out there. You're doing good stuff. Yep. Uh, rolling dice with your kids and uh, encouraging that type of play because it's it's vital. Um, and as well, you know, as we'll see in our interview with Robin here, it's not 
um, a zero-sum game. You can play D&D, you can be fit, you can be healthy, you can have exercise, be a part of your life. Uh, and, you know, she's got lots of great things on how to combine those uh, two in yes, the Geek Girl Strong community. So uh, we're about to get to that interview, but before we do, let's take a listen to our wonderful segment coming up. Welcome to Random Character Generator. Very excited uh, about the return of this segment where we spin up a random character on D&D Beyond's uh, Character Builder and come up with a story behind all of the numbers and choices therein. Uh, very excited to welcome Brandy Camel, Community Manager for D&D, here. Hi. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you doing this morning? Not too bad. Uh, very excited. I'm still drinking my coffee uh, and, and getting ramped up for the day. Mm. Uh, but I do want to acknowledge we used to do this segment with uh, Kate Welch. She has gone on to uh, amazing work uh, in other uh, games, and we're excited about that. But this idea is so fun, and Brandy... Uh, you and I have been working together and collaborating, and I can't wait to uh, get together and do this for Random Character Generator. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm happy to be here. I love creating new characters. I love experimenting with stories and things like this. So this is right up my alley. So fun. Uh, all right, so let's get to it. I'm going to create a character right now, pressing the button, getting it going, seeing our character sheet here. What we get, what we get, what we get. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Ian Yaris, a variant feral tiefling ranger. Ooh. Wow. All right. All right. This is this is interesting. We've got a really interesting spread of, on stats here, too. Yeah. Seven strength, uh, some negative two modifier. <laughs> not super high in dexterity, which is usually what rangers uh, need, but a 13 with a plus one is not too bad. Um, high in constitution and intelligence and mid-grade on wisdom and charisma with a 10 and 11. Uh, that 16 constitution um, means that uh, they're pretty beefy. Uh, they I and Yaris is. Beefy individual. This is like, um, honestly, right away from, from the top down, this is screaming to me like guide, right? This is mm. somebody that you'd want to like hire out in the wilderness who, um, you know, they've got Lots in the way of their skills. They've got lots in the way of their hardiness. They know how to kind of survive in the wild. I'm like that's kind of the vibe I'm getting right off of that. Absolutely. Um, do you happen to know offhand what a variant feral tiefling is? I don't actually. I don't I'm going to look that up real quick. So. Um, because sometimes when these variants come up, there's there's different rules, and I want to make sure that we're uh, talking about them. Yeah. So. Not all tieflings are the blood of Asmodea. Some have traits that differ. Uh, and so this feral has uh, an additional intelligence score uh, as well as dexterity increase. So that's they, they owe uh, at least their uh, 13 dexterity to this um, uh, template that's being put on them. Uh, and instead of... Uh, some of the uh, spells that uh, you would get as a regular tiefling, you get vicious mockery, which I kind of like. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, as well as hellfire and wings. Um, 
Okay. Interesting. It's definitely giving us a look now for, for this character, right? Yeah. Oh, it's meaning that you can get one of these uh, spells and or uh, things. Uh, so uh, Devil's Tongue, Hellfire, and Winged are the three options. Let's see what was chosen here for our friend. It's in spells. Vicious Mockery is uh, what they get. Gotcha, gotcha. Excellent. Interesting. Okay. And they have Charm Person as a ranger, which is super interesting as well. Yeah. Getting that, um, I guess it's uh, story-wise is being told by them having a, uh, a forked tongue uh, that can do some of these <laughs> spells uh, at will. Uh, all right. Well, that's interesting. Let's think about that for a little bit. I think a guide maybe even in Avernus. What do you think about that? Ooh, yeah. A guide in Avernus could be really interesting. Um, let's see. We've got... I'm really interested to see how the skills kind of play into this idea of a guide character or maybe a guide character who isn't the best guide but wants you to think so. <laughs> mm. Yes, I like that too. So yeah, uh, trained in history, insight, uh, nature, which makes sense, uh, stealth and survival, which also makes a bit of sense there. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So, I mean, we definitely, we've got the survival for, for guide. They've, it looks like they picked up some cartographer's tools as well. Yes. That maybe is cool. From the archaeologist background. Uh, like a map maker? Yeah. Uh, but I think they get that cartography from uh, archaeologist, uh, which they get the, the feature um, that when they enter a ruin or dungeon, you can very quickly ascertain its original purpose and determine its builders, uh, uh, as well as being able to know the monetary value of art objects. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is actually super interesting too. I, act, I really like the idea of this, this guide archaeologist in Avernus specifically, whether they're like exploring actual infernal ruins or maybe like the bits of Baldur's Gate that have fallen into the... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Kind of cool. That is cool. I like that too. Okay. And here's something uh, that may make them more trustworthy as a guide. Favored enemy is fiends. They right. don't like themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they've got, they've got some personal issues to work out. <laughs> yeah. So what do, you, what do you think about this idea? What if they were... Uh, you know, potentially on the material plane, we're not uh, exhibiting traits of a of a of a tiefling, uh, or especially a variant feral tiefling. But they fell from Baldur's Gate or El Torel uh, and somehow assumed uh, these traits, although they have, uh, you know, vowed to you know get revenge or or or, or seek out those who might have done this to them, assuming it was um, uh, another fiend. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like that. And actually glancing down a little bit at Natural Explorer, the uh, the landscape they have is Arctic. So <laughs> this is this is kind of hilarious, I think. I think that this is, maybe this is somebody who is um, visiting Baldur's Gate before they were headed up to Icewind Dale, or maybe mm -hmm. there's someone from Ten Towns uh, who had left temporarily and just oh. happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's interesting. Yeah, I like that too. Okay, so they uh, uh, are a native of Icewind Dale, 
uh, and had traveled to Baldur's Gate. Maybe it's the first time they've been, you know, in the big city, as it were. Uh, and then literally all hell breaks loose. And <laughs> all hells breaks loose. <laughs> Uh, and they get pulled down into uh, the line layers of hell. Uh, interesting. I wonder if they, uh, you know, maybe they're not in Avernus, but are they, was it Stygia? What is the, uh, maybe I'm mixing genres or, or game properties there. Isn't there a layer of hell that is uh, ice? Yeah, that's that's ice. Um, so maybe they have, or maybe they're trying to get to there because at least that's something that they know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a ranger, but they have a style of fighting, which is blind fighting. Okay. Uh, which means that they have blind sight to a range of 10 feet, and then they can uh, basically fight with their eyes closed uh, with those that are close to them like that. Interesting. And their ranger archetype is monster slayer. Monster slayer, Okay. Wow, this is super interesting because I think we could we could even, you know, this is an archaeologist. This is somebody who um, understands ruins and depths and things like that, but they're also a monster slayer. So maybe they've got a little bit more of that supernatural Indiana Jones vibe kind of going on. Yeah, it de- Indiana Jones is definitely uh, a big part of Ian Yaris. Uh, <laughs> what do you think their, uh, you know, assumed gender would be? That's a pretty gender neutral name to be to be perfectly honest. You could go you could go either way. You could make this a non-binary character. Oh yeah. That makes sense. That could be that could be really interesting. Ian Yaris. Ian Yaris or uh Ian Yaris? Hmm. I really like Ian Yaris. I think that was that was where we went first. Yep. I like I like, I like going with the gut instinct off the bat. I think that's a... Maybe this is somebody who gets kind of miffed if they get called Ian. <laughs> All right, yeah, that makes sense. They're like, no, it's I and Yaris. I and uh, Yaris. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, so, what do what do you think they look like? What do you think I and Yaris uh, appears to those who might meet them in uh, in in the Nine Hells? The Nine Hells. Um, well, I, I feel like. You know, being somebody who has that survival instinct or knows how to survive in their environs, they're probably going to embrace this this tiefling background of theirs, um, so that they fit right in. Maybe feel feel a little bit more at home and less like the you know that outsider that maybe they're used to being on the prime material plane. So um, I know it was mentioned. Uh, did they actually end up with wings, or was that? something that was just an option it was an option yeah so they don't have wings but they do have uh devil's tongue which gives them the vicious mockery cantrip and charm person okay got got it yeah so what uh what color do you think their skin is oh gosh so we have somebody who is they do have the hellish resistance so they have the resistance to fire damage yep um, so maybe it's kind of a like a darker red hue, or um, I mean, you could actually, if you really want to go into the, let's go a little bit edge lord here. <laughs> maybe they have like a really um, dark, almost like the cracked lava. Ooh, I like that. Coloring. Maybe something like that. Yeah, like fiery, uh, as well as uh, horns. You know, two two horn, curved horns. You think? You definitely got to have the horns, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
Not broken. They're still they're still intact. Mm-hmm. Still still intact. I think this this person is is very young in their adventuring mm. livelihood. Right. It's I mean level three is experienced, but still relatively young in your adventuring livelihood. So maybe there maybe there hasn't been an opportunity to. <laughs> To break or crack, maybe, or actually, if they fell in from Boulder's Gate, maybe they just have a crack in one of their horns. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, it's uh, it's a bit precarious, uh, maybe hanging off uh, in yeah. a way. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, how do you explain their low strength um, with a seven? That is that is really not there, and especially, I, I was assuming they were not going to be doing a lot of ranged magic because of their blind fighting uh, ability. Mm-hmm. But that puts them at a real disadvantage if they're only going to be doing hand-to-hand uh, with a negative two. Well, you could go with like a finesse weapon, right? Mm. So if maybe they're more of like the finesse style fighter, has a little bit of that swashbuckler kind of flair to it. Maybe we lean a little bit more into that Indiana Jones thing. Maybe they take a whip. That could be Oh, really cool. Yeah. Is, is the whip a finesse weapon? Uh, I think it is. Now, admittedly... I'm a very long time player and tend to get my editions mixed up. I know that's the exact same (laughs) thing. I know it used to be. I don't know if it still is. Uh, It is, in fact, and a reach weapon. So uh, that's perfect for 10 feet. They are able to use their whip and zoom out and get anybody with it. That makes a lot more sense. Um, Because of the uh, blind sight, I don't know why. uh, Maybe it's just because. of um, my uh, proclivities of playing MMOs recently, but do you think they uh, cover their eyes uh, a la Illidan? Oh, a la Illidan? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I've, I've actually been watching a lot of Star Wars Rebels lately, so I went straight to Kanan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Either one works. Either one works. Um But yeah, no, I think this could, this could be somebody who um, either actually is blind or is somebody who is actively training themselves to use that as an advantage? Mm. What, and this is just a crazy idea, but what if after they've been pulled down into the nine hells, they just couldn't bear what they were seeing? You know, like it was just this like awfulness. It was not, it was the opposite of Icewind Dale that they had known and loved and, you know, can't wait to go back to. And so they covered their eyes uh, out of, you know, fear or superstition um, and don't want to, you know, behold the horrors in front of them. Yeah, not be be reminded of their heritage or, you know, the the side of themselves that they really want to push away. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I love that idea. That's that's really cool and unique. Awesome. All right, well... I got I got a visual now of uh, of Ian Yaris uh, and what they might look like. What do you think their demeanor is like? You know what uh, what do they act like when you know uh, adventurers might meet them or uh, you might see Ian Yaris uh, adventuring up in the land? So I'm seeing um, kind of leaning on the skills here. There's not a lot in the way of social skills, but they do have insight. So mm. this, this to me reads as somebody who is all about reading people, but not necessarily interacting with them. This is a people watcher, right? Someone who goes into a situation and tries to assess it and then makes their decisions based on that. But they're probably going to avoid talking as much as they can. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Like they would be uh, wanting to uh, keep private in a way as much as possible and only... Uh, reach out with a vicious mockery when when 
Uh, they meet new people. Maybe they're hard to get to know. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of person who, like, well, I'm totally going to make a pun here. This is the kind of person who lashes out, both, like, literally and verbally. <laughs> right? They kind of have, they have this theme going on now. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe every quip that they uh, perform with a vicious mockery actually has a whip sound. <laughs> <laughs> punctuating it every time. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I like that. It's cool. Uh, so as far as their spells go for rangers, they have detect poison and disease, ensnaring strike, long strider, as well as protection from evil and good. Um, why, why do you think those were chosen? Well, the protection from evil and good. I mean, this is this is a suspicious person, right? We're, mm. We haven't even t- talked about this person's potential alignment. Oh, so. yeah. We don't we don't know whether they might be protecting themselves from good. They might be also protecting themselves from evil. Like maybe maybe they sit in the neutral bucket and they're kind of equally suspicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that brings a good point. I mean, we talked about uh Avernus and one of the kind of wild cards in that campaign is the uh uh the folks who are running their war machines. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they've taken up with one of that gang or, or you know, are, are forming their own. Oh, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Especially with something like ensnaring strike, which is, you know, that's really meant to, to capture people, to, you know, to get the upper hand advantage when you're chasing somebody down. So mm. maybe, maybe they've joined with one of the gangs that's like stealing people's souls or gathering up soul coins. Like, Yeah, yeah. And I had a visual of the ensnaring strike uh, looking like their whip instead of, you know, usually it's that, uh, um, you know, uh, vines and everything like grabbing a hold of them is, is a visual I get. But, you know, what if it's like leather or, uh, you know, de- like de- uh, demonic hand or, or devilish hands that are grabbing uh, and ensnaring them? Mm-hmm. Yep, I could, I could definitely see that. Or, or something that's like, like brambles instead of just like vines. Something that's mm. a little bit darker or more sinister. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then of course, long strider is always good when you're going long distances. Uh, and uh, poison and disease. Um, being able to stay away from that is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, although they, are, yeah, they do feel like an otherworldly. Character, Ian Yaris does. Yeah. What do you think they sound like? Uh, what are their voice? How would you portray them? Uh, so something I actually noticed down here mm-hmm. uh, was in their languages. Yes. They actually have Marquesian, which is a wild mount, like as an Exandria language. Oh. So that's kind of interesting. That is interesting. Uh, I am not as learned in that world uh, as you might be. So where are the Marquesians from? So um, Marquette is, it's kind of got this um, sort of Middle Eastern vibe to it a a little bit. Marquette is uh, largely like a desert um, kind of area. I compare a lot to like Kalimshan in in the realms. So... um, that's a language that kind of it, it has a little bit of that um, that clicking and tilt and lilt to it. Um, at least that's that's the accents that uh, Matt used most frequently. You would find Marquesian used a lot more in Campaign One than you would in Campaign Two um, because it's on the on the other side of the world. It's in Taldore as opposed to Wildmount. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's kind of got that 
that sort of vibe to it. Um, I like that. Well, what if I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how they might know that language uh, if they came from Icewind Dale and were pulled into the Nine Hells. But one thing we can say is that perhaps the, uh, you know, Matt's creation is just part of the, the multiverse of D&D. And um, a Marquisian uh, was also somehow a soul that uh, INERS met below uh, and became bonded and were friends uh, with uh, a Marquisian. And that's how they, they've learned it in hell. So it could be somebody who has kind of, maybe this is somebody with like an average, you know, either either American or British, like kind of run of the mill accent, but every but they have the ability to, to swap into other tongues very easily. Like they mm. pick up accents and languages very easily. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and maybe has a, uh, a Marquisian in their, in their crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is Nosh? I don't know what Nosh is. Nosh is one that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. So, so they also know a, a unknown language to, to <laughs> us, um, which makes sense. I mean, they have uh, a fairly high intelligence as well as the archeologist thing. So maybe it's a dead language, um, that they know like a, like a Sanskrit or something, uh, that they can, they can dole out when, um, uh, pressed for knowledge or something like that. Oh, Nosh is also an Exandrian language. Oh. Okay. That's that's interesting. Hmm. That's one that I'm not familiar with. Like, this is... We're, we're getting into, like, the weeds of Exandria lore here. So. I love that. All right. Well, I mean, that means to, to me that INERS has got a crew or at least uh, two or three people from other parts of uh, the multiverse, uh, uh, Exandria and Tal'Darai, two parts of the uh, of the uh, uh, universe created by uh, Matt Mercer and Critical Role. Uh, that's fascinating. I love all that. Um, so this person has a, uh, as you said, an American or British accent. Um, they don't speak a lot, right? I guess I would assume. And if they do, it's with a, a, a cutting tone. Probably. This is probably someone who's very curt with people. Very, very straight to the point. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've got a pretty good picture of, of this character. Do you want uh, me to start describing it and, and get it all in summary here? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, so uh, Ian Yaris was an archaeologist uh, from Icewind Dale, uh, did not have any tiefling traits um, before traveling to Baldur's Gate. It was their first time going to a big city. Uh, very excited to enter the you know, society of the Sword Coast, uh, having grown up in Icewind Dale in relative uh, obscurity, but that's why they are familiar with uh, surviving in Arctic uh, landscapes. Uh, in Baldur's Gate, during the events of Descent into Avernus, when parts of Baldur's Gate and Eltoral uh, fell into um, the first layer of hell, Avernus, Ainiaris went with them uh, and somehow during that fall transformed into a uh, feral tiefling um, and has made it their goal uh, to wipe out as many fiends as possible, uh, but as well as is learning as much as they can on this plane um, and, uh, and, and trying to find out what's going on using their cartography skills uh, as well as their knowledge of uh, ancient civilizations uh, to, to find out more. Uh, they have experienced 
um, a friendship or at least a, a companionship with uh, at least one soul from uh, Exandria uh, or Taldorai and learn their language uh, through that. Um, Personality-wise, they're aloof, uh, a little bit uh, 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 separate from the rest of the, the group and society, despite the companions that they might have. Um, and attack with a whip, uh, having blinded themselves with the horrors of what they see in Avernus. If anybody's played any of that campaign, they know that it can be an extremely disgusting and vile place, uh, you know, filled with noxious smells and terrible sights. Uh, and so they chose not to see what was around them, but had learned to attack with a whip uh, in a 10-foot radius around them using their blind fighting technique. Sounds like a pretty solid, well-rounded character. Yeah, uh, I and Yaris. Uh, anything else we missed as far as their skills? They're able to, you know, they know all about history. They're able to um, kind of find out uh, some better things about people just by... Uh, taking in some of the uh, details around them, uh, but they can also survive and have good stealth uh, for sneaking around Avernus for when um, danger from fiends or other others kind of threaten them. Yeah, yeah. I'm. This sounds like someone who's pretty well equipped to survive Avernus. Definitely a survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're able to slay larger monsters. Maybe they've even killed uh, one of the higher fiends um, with their companions. Maybe that's what drew them together. Uh, but they're able to know good from evil um, as well as uh, travel long distances and uh, trap those souls who may be less uh, fast than they are. Um, Definitely, uh, we've been using the they pronoun. I, I definitely think of uh, Ian Yaris as a uh, you know non-binary character, mm-hmm. um, and has a lava red skin uh, <laughs> as well as two horns curved backwards. One is cracked, uh, and uh, they sustained that injury uh, perhaps uh, while falling. Uh, even as they discovered that they had horns. Uh, um, you know, injuries were had, uh, and you might be able to meet Ian Yaris uh, in your travels uh, in Avernus. What if, if if you were to meet them? What would they, what might they say, Brandy? Oh gosh, what might they say? Um, probably something along the lines of, I mean, this is this is a kind of a suspicious person, right? So this is someone who's like, you know, well, what are your intentions? Mm, I like that as a catchphrase for sure. <laughs> Awesome. I and Yaris. Uh, well, thanks. This has been uh, really fun. I love this character. I want uh, more folks to uh, you know, think about ways to use these stats and, and, and what comes up randomly and uh, assemble a storyline. And I think this works out really well. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. What uh, If people want to follow you uh, and perhaps ask you some questions about this character, uh, where can they find you? Honestly, the best place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Dainty, D-A-Y-N-T-E-E. Awesome. Uh, and we will be putting uh, the link to INERS, as always, in our show notes. And if you end up using them in your campaign or just as an NPC, uh, definitely shoot us a note, me and Brandy. Uh, I am at Greg Tito on Twitter, and uh, we'd love to, to hear from you. So very exciting. Thank you. And I'm very excited about the return of Random Character Generator. Yes. 
<laughs> That'll do it. That works. This is the best transition sounds ever. You just gotta, you know, do it with sound effects. We haven't done bings and bongs in a while. We really haven't done bings and bongs in a while when we talk about it. No. Or any of your voices in a long time, Shelly. So please, maybe your voices can be our transition. Oh, dear. That was a fine segment. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little rusty. That was R2-D2 saying, let's uh, go to our interview, shall we? Fine idea. <laughs> Welcome, Robin Warren, to Dragon Talk. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thanks. Hi. How are you Hi. doing? Doing all right. Making it, you know, it's uh, 2021, and I think we're all just trying our best. You know. For damn sure. I feel like it's, it's already, <laughs> I feel like it's already better. Yeah. Yeah, my year so far is better than last year was, you know. Yeah. What are we, uh, three weeks in, so knock on wood. I'm, but. yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's been, there's been an, at least one pretty major bump in the road, but I feel like. You know we're we're turning a corner here. We're turning. My so. my dad just texted me and said he's getting his vaccine tomorrow. Oh, great! Well, that's Congrats. awesome. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. That's great. So that's very that exciting. was like I just I feel I feel uplifted and Absolutely. like full of hope, which is a great time to talk to you. Speaking of being full of hope, because of the wonderful things that you do, um, being the the founder and creator of Geek Girl Strong. Mm-hmm. Will you tell us a little bit about about this mission and what it is you do? Sure. So I've been trying to get a lot better at telling this story in a nutshell because I was running Geek Girl Strong for four years as my side gig mm. um, before being able to do it full time now for the past few years. But basically, um, it is a wellness community made up of geeky folks. And it started off, obviously, it's in the name. It started off as focusing on people who use she, her pronouns. And it's sort of getting broader and broader as time goes on. Um, But kind of with the roots of understanding that it's a space for a lot of women and girls who didn't find a space in fitness or wellness or even PE class growing up. Um, And that's sort of where it spawned from was me being a health and PE teacher who was watching a lot of my female students go from sixth graders who would just play and then go to class and do other things to people who seemed to feel like they had to choose if they were going to be a tomboy and be athletic in front of the other kids Mm. or be a bookworm who sits out and reads in the stands or who was like pretty and popular and sociable um, and like not know that they could be all three or anything else that they could think of. So in realizing that, a lot of women more around my age were like, well, do you train adults? And um, I said, I can. (laughs) That's uh, how I got here from being a PE teacher. That's awesome. Uh, What is the, you know... That speaks a lot to me because I was in two camps. Like I was a theater kid and, you know, a nerd and loved mm-hmm. all of the, the fantasy uh, genre, including playing D&D. Um, but I also love basketball and mm-hmm. following along with sports and, you know, tried out for as many teams as I could, was on a few track teams and cross-country running teams, you know, and I had a lot of friends who were, you know, 
athletes in, in high school and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And there was always this weird push and pull that I, as even as a, as a dude, I didn't understand. I was like, you can, Absolutely. you can do all of this. It doesn't, there's no, you know, categorization. It's not like the breakfast club where you're a jock and that's all you are, or you're right. the miscreant and that's all you are. Like you can, you can be a well breath. And that's one of the, the tenets of dragon talk is trying to show that, you know, we're all full spectrum people. Uh, and you can bring all those hobbies into playing, uh, games and you can also, uh, you know, still be an athlete and love doing geeky stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I've met people who like have gotten older and realized that they were geeks the entire time. <laughs> it's just something that they didn't talk about too much with like their cheerleading team or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I've heard a lot of people reference themselves as a weird athlete um, <laughs> just because they didn't feel like they quite fit in with the kids who were like playing Magic the Gathering in the cafeteria or their basketball team and they were somewhere in between. Um, and I think there were a lot more of us than we realized. We kind of just never talked to each other about it as teenagers or kids. Yeah, so are you finding that in doing this work that you're you're able to, to kind of get those stories and what are they like? Yeah, so a lot of the people who end up joining the wellness community are more the folks who absolutely hated PE And they find that my approach is something that speaks to them a little bit better because I pull in D&D and just RPGs and tabletop games along with um, working out or eating well and doing those kinds of things. Um, One of the biggest compliments I get is that people, when people say, if you were my PE teacher, I might have not hated it so much, Um, which, yeah, Thank you for both for having that reaction because that's like the biggest compliment I could get. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, you know, when I was a PE teacher, I would, instead of calling the game Steal the Bacon, we would call it the Hunger Games or the Cornucopia. And I would call them all tributes and like (laughs) put on this whole show to get them to be more active. But I'm also getting a lot of people who identified as the jock who are like, you know, I would leave home from practice and then spend the entire night playing Final Fantasy. But no one knew that because I like it's just what I did at home after dinner. Um, And it's been really fun to, like you said, just kind of blow away all of these boxes that we all felt we had to fit into. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. I've, I've been thinking about this interview probably for like a week because I'm like, I have so many questions and like so many thoughts on this topic. But I think one of um, the things that really stands out to me is like how you said the mission, you know, started with, with girl, girls and women or people who, who use she, her pronouns, Mm -hmm. because like you said, uh, with fitness, it can feel like a community that's hard for a a woman um, Mm -hmm. to, to break into. And I think a lot of that could be said for gaming and nerd culture as well. So Absolutely. it's really interesting how you're kind of empowering women and girls and, and and people who identify as such to to feel like no, like this is my community. Like mm-hmm. I I can do both of, of these things and mm-hmm. I can still present as feminine. And and I know that that was um, like twenty years ago. I started at Wizards, and that was really my first. Um, like foray into gaming. Like I, I played games, but I didn't, you know, I, I, I did not identify as, as a gamer or a nerd sure. or a geek. And I know that a lot of, of the women that I encountered during that, those times felt like they had to hide 
that their femininity to be a mm-hmm. part of of that community. And I, I can see a lot of those similarities too, I, I imagine with like the health and, and fitness um, world as well. So I mean, I, I, I love how you're bringing both of these worlds together and using kind of tenets from both to you know show that you can do all of these things. Yeah. We can do thanks. them all. Yeah. So I don't, I guess I don't have a question. I guess it was more <laughs> yeah. just like a I really mean, long I appreciate everything rambling statement of just like, this really speaks to me. And I think oh. that, that the work that, that you're doing is really important. Thank you yeah. so much. I I think the reason why I realized there was something there, like in what you're explaining, is because I was standing in front of a class of 50 kids, because in New York City, it's one teacher to 50 children in the gym, five zero. Jeez. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So every day, multiple times a day, I'm like, I kind of had this sample size, right, of kids and like watching how they played and how they worked out and all of these different things and their reactions to me. I'm five, three and a half. <laughs> uh, and I'm a black woman and I wasn't that much older than them at the time when I started teaching. And I like cutely would admit that I was taking time off from work to go to New York Comic Con. And if they were good, I'd bring them back some free comics that I get. Um, And, you know, like if someone did really well in class or volunteered to lead the stretches, I'd give them a comic book or, you know, I would pull them in and say, tell me about the anime that you're watching. What should I watch? I just got access to my friend's Crunchyroll account or like whatever it is. Right. Um, and started realizing their interest in hearing like, oh, Miss Warren goes to Comic-Con and she goes to the gym and deadlifts on her free time. Like one, I'm a human who doesn't live under my desk. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then two, like I have all these interests outside of being a PE teacher. Um, and I think that in general, just the nuance and like complexities of humans um, actually really speaks to people, including our younger people. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was thinking like, te- like teachers were like mystical beings. Do you remember like <laughs> seeing a teacher out in the wild, like at the Absolutely. grocery store or mm-hmm. at the mall and be like, Miss mm-hmm. Denson, your grocery here? shops? Like <laughs> she eats spaghetti? Like this exactly. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love that you're like normalizing, you know, like, yeah. I go to Comic-Con. Yeah. I read comic books. Yeah. And we see it, you know, from, uh, I don't know, maybe just even with my own two daughters, like just watching something like uh, um, uh, Marvel movies or, or, or Star Wars or, or things like that that have, you know, thankfully been showing a lot more women in these badass, very strong, you know, athletic roles. And I, th- I think back, you know, 30 years ago, uh, you know, you, there were some of those, but you didn't really see it. And it was it was this fringe thing. And for them, it's completely normal to see um, a, a badass, you know, uh, hero, heroine, uh, doing amazing things. And they're even at the point now where they're like, oh, wait, there's only two girl Avengers? Like, they just had that conversation, like, a couple of days ago. Like, that's not cool. And I was like, yeah, you're right, that is not cool. But also, like, I, I like that they're showing a progression. Like, even in the last, you know, 10 years of all those Marvel movies, it started off with very male-centric, and it's realizing that there is much more of an audience for people um, who identify with, uh, with uh, as, as, as feminine um, to see themselves, you know? And, and it's something that Dungeons & Dragons is really, really embracing and I hope will embrace more um, that 
you know, the the embodying of yourself in these roles can be uplifting, not just in your psyche and and mental health, but just in your in your health in you know fitness and and mm-hmm. embracing the fact that like you know you know Cheetos during a game is great, but Cheetos all the time is not a great idea, you know, and that type of stuff. And I and I I don't I just love seeing it, and I don't have a question either. I'm just oh, <laughs> we're just really excited. I thought I was leading up to a question. This is the like easiest I, interview. No. You didn't actually think this awesome. was like an interview. We could just this. keep talking. <laughs> no, the one thing I did want to ask was. Um, how can you know people who are listening to this you know kind of take what you're what you're saying and mm-hmm. bring it into their own lives right like rather than yeah. you know because many of them are not PE teachers or have this ability sure. to do this uh, so yeah how how do you think people can can get involved so. I guess I have to start by saying is that Geek Girl Strong, the community will always welcome you. But aside from like our small bubble, in general, the the things that people can do in their everyday life, I have this claim to fame, which is I have a three-month program where I take five geekies people and we do a health coaching program with those five people. It's like a semi-private situation. And one of those teams, we call them teams, we've had nine of them, team three actually ended up finding their D&D like party oh. after my program. Nice. So that like, I was like, I can retire. I'm done. <laughs> it's been great. I've done everything I wanted to do. Uh, so they, they don't play as much right now, but um, when they were still playing, they would like loop me in on their group text every once in a while uh-huh. and let me know how it was going. And one of the really big things was challenging themselves to find snacks to share with one another as a potluck that were a little more uh, what we call nutritionally dense uh, rather than caloric or calorie dense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, some someone made like a, I think it was chickpea cookie dough, something oh, wild. Yeah. I didn't want to believe in it, but it's I tasted good. it and it was great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, rather than like only having pizza at every single game night. Um, and like sometimes you do have pizza at game night, but other times like having these options uh, that they can choose from have been really great and really fun for them to be like, I'm bringing this this week and showing off this new thing to their friends. Um, and then getting to feed everyone while you become someone else is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like you said, and I, I've, I've listened to the podcast and I know that you've just touched on like how much role-playing can mean to people. Um, and so connection is super important. And that's something that I'm admitting to myself more and more is that as much as humans, like to pretend we're so tough, we desperately need each other. <laughs> like to <laughs> my chagrin, like I'm not <laughs> excited that we need each other this badly, but I think the last year has proven to us how badly uh, humans need human connection to one another. Mm-hmm. And um, watching that particular team, that group become friends and then become deeper friends because they're role-playing together has been like one of the joys of my personal and professional life. I think that's amazing. And again, I think there's, again, similarities to, I mean, obviously you know this because you're kind of basing your whole business on it, but (laughs) like the, 
the the community of you know, like your your supportive health and fitness community and your D and D community, and we've seen that in the D and D community, mm-hmm. like the the hashtag D and D fitness, like people really right. they get excited and like about the challenges because hello, we're gamers and yeah, mm-hmm. give us a quest, we'll do it exactly. But the the thing that I I also love seeing is the support that they mm-hmm. will give each other. Also, like your D and D party, you know, like everyone's accomplishments kind of elevates. The whole group. So mm-hmm. you celebrate each other's, um, you know, their victories as well. So exactly. it, I, after hearing you you tell that amazing story, I feel like, well, of course they would become a D&D party after. <laughs> I mean, like they kind of were a D&D party to start. Yeah, but exactly. What a what a great way for, for them to, to maintain those connections. It's great. Yeah. So are you a dungeon master by chance? I am not. I oh, interesting. am so intimidated. Uh, I I, <laughs> I am so impressed by anyone who ever does it. And um, I think I enjoy sitting back. I probably like do a lot of the DMing in my real life with Geek Girl Strong. Mm. Um, yeah. That I think it's really enjoyable for me to be like, I'm just going, I'm yeah. along for the story. I ask because hearing you talk about when you were a, a PE teacher mm-hmm. and instead of calling it Capture the Flag or whatever, you were like, it's right. the Hunger Games because yeah. that seems like a, a, a Dungeon Master skill, mm-hmm. like knowing your audience, kind of meeting them where they're at. It's like, okay, like this, like a Dungeon Master is really good at, at knowing what their party wants and what's going totally. to excite them and what's going to resonate with them. And that's like a skill that I could see a Dungeon Master employing and you, you know, picked up on on that maybe i should try it like you might have convinced me a little bit i'm very (laughs) intimidated by the idea i am too i totally get that (laughs) but like all that i do with geek girl strong is take these like nerdy or geeky themes and make workouts and make recipes and like do all of these things that's a that's a big part of the patreon but um and the monthly events that i host so like every month this month we're still in January. Yes. Time <laughs> is an illusion right now. Right. Um, in January, the theme was mythology. So uh, the workout, I based it on the 12 tablets of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, cool. uh, so, you know, <laughs> and then we had a virtual dance party that we have every month during the colder weathers uh-huh. here in New York, um, where it's just like anyone can come anyone of any pronouns or any gender. That's why I kind of said it's starting to like branch out. Um, But it was also mythology themed. So I created a two hour playlist that had like songs from Disney's Hercules, but also just like pop songs to dance to that have the theme in it. Walk Um, like an Egyptian, was that in there? I I went there. (laughs) That one was not in it, but we had... um, Jeez, I can't remember the name of half of the songs anymore because it was a few weeks ago. But we had lots of songs like that for sure. Um, And, you know, people dressed up at home as different gods and goddesses or mythological figures. So I am doing a lot of the like, I know that these people like this thing. And here's how I'm going to get you to exercise. You're going to dance for two hours at home. In cosplay. Um, and cosplay, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, while we talk about how this song is some nymph calling Hera, telling her <laughs> that her husband's cheating on her again. 
man, yeah, I didn't even think about it, but myth is such a great uh, topic because it's all about feats of strength and you know the the trials of Hercules and the all Olympics. these things, right? The Olympics itself, all right? the things, yeah. Uh, there's yeah a wealth of there, and then of course there's all the the Magic the Gathering uh, Theros mm-hmm. themed adventures that you can go on uh, and make that happen. Uh, exactly, very fun. Um, so I have a question because you mentioned how like you know uh, Shelly enjoyed having the, like the lifting up of the D and D fitness uh, and stuff, and I'm one of those people who when I exercise, I I don't want other people around me. I don't want to be <laughs> talking talk to. I don't want people. Uh, wanting me to talk, like I'm sweating and gross, and I just want to <laughs> try to forget that I'm solitary doing anything. Um, yes. So, what 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 are ways that someone like me, uh, who might be a little bit more <laughs> of an exercise introvert, um, can you know can, can take you know still get some benefits out of a community like Geek Girl Strong? Sure. So, um, one of the things that came out of COVID times is the Geek Girl Strong Discord that's attached to Discord server that's attached to Patreon. Um, So there are some people who are just like, I don't want to see any of you. I don't ever come to events or even people who are like my private clients. And I try to encourage them to come to events and they're like, "Mm." they try (laughs) to be polite and they're like, sure. And I know they're not going to come. So you know, there are people who are involved to completely do their own thing, but just want some accountability or support when they're having a hard day, mm. um, which there are many of, you know, <laughs> in life, but also lately. Um, so people do that. And then I host an online challenge called the One Up Wellness Challenge every year that's coming up in February. And it's individual. I send everyone emails once a day for seven days and you do everything on your own. So um, one of the the themed days that comes to mind is our RPG day that we did last year where it was an entire workout and you had to roll dice in order to know how many of each movement you were going to do kind of thing. Nice. Oh, that's cool. I like that. So it's not, you're not having to worry about uh, anyone else than this disembodied voice who's emailing you like these goals? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like that the disembodied voice. Uh, <laughs> you can even make that a character, like it's uh, yeah. the skull of Vecna that's giving you An these ending. things, and you have to go do it. Uh, exactly. Now I'm giving you ideas. So yeah, I I email, and then there's XP challenge, HP challenge, and MP challenge, which is XP is exercise or physical activity. Um, and then the HP challenge is a nutrition challenge, so a food challenge of the day. And then MP is um, your mental health challenge of the mm. day. So what are what are what are some of those uh, that you've been working on for the mental health challenges? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's things like doing a body scan. Um, which is just like a meditative exercise where you scan your body while sitting or laying down to see how you're feeling and to check in with yourself. Other times it's literally like write a letter to yourself in a year from now or something like anything like that. Anything that allows for people to take a moment one year, which always makes me laugh to think about because my mom usually does the challenge. I'm an only child and she she does everything that I do. Um <laughs> Um, That's cute. I, there was one time where it was like 
take a really good shower or bath and then really take your time putting on your moisturizer all over your body after. And I was like, oh, great. Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a good activity to do taking care of yourself. She doesn't care, but felt a little bit awkward for me, the kid. Um, (laughs) So it's everything from like by yourself, something that's like really inexpensive, but makes you happy. Like if you're at the store, one of those little things that's at the checkout counter um, or buy yourself flowers, like anything all the way to things that are like meditate or there's one time where it's just stretch, like reach for your toes. Make sure you can still do that. I need to do that. Still do that. Make sure yeah work towards that so lots of different things and then the nutrition ones um are never specific because I don't try to pretend that I know everyone's relationship with food um or what they need so it could be really simple things um which people find helpful in general like um chew the food in your mouth before loading your utensil with your next bite if you're a fast eater That is my biggest tip for fast eaters or for people who are like, in this case, who are playing D&D and not paying attention how fast they're eating is to put your food down in between bites. Or if you can't, because you don't want to make a mess, chew the food before you like load up the next bite. It slows you down. It helped me a lot. Yeah. Because the mastication is actually super important for digestion and so much of... uh, what people feel if they're like, oh, I don't feel as good. It's just, oh, well, you got to chew more, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And it, exactly. <laughs> and it takes your body a second, more than a second, a while to know that it's had enough. Yeah. So if you just keep eating and eating, that's why, you know, people tend to overeat by accident, especially when they're doing something else. I, I try to use yeah. that on my kids too. I'm like, can you, all right, just like you can have seconds, but give it a second, you know, sit, right. drink a water, tell me about your day. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. before I know it, they're up and doing something else and they're not hungry at all. I'm like, not okay, even good. hungry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good dadding. <laughs> it doesn't always work, good. trust me. <laughs> Very impressive. Um, I love the idea of using XP, HP um, in, your, in your practice. Are there other like geeky gaming RPG things that you pull into the real world when you're coaching people? I would say that the one that people use the most, it's still related to this, but in a little bit more detail is the MP part, the magic points. We tend to talk about that one more than any of the other ones. Um, And I think that's just because one people are happy to have a space to talk about mental health in. So we're not just like, you need to exercise, you need to eat well, but the foundation of all of that is how your, your head is doing. Um, Cause if that's not going great, the other things probably aren't either. Um, so the way that we use magic points or that analogy is to say that like, you need to do things to take care of yourself, to build up your MP so that you can impart your magic on the world. And if you just keep, throwing out magic over and over again, you're going to have nothing to give. And then, you know, you're probably going to take on an exhaustion point (laughs) and then everything else that you do is going to be at a disadvantage. And then, you know, like the analogy just keeps going. (laughs) So it's like, uh uh-huh, exactly. Or even if you roll a 20, you know, that might not be the thing that you get to use because you weren't taking care of yourself in other ways. Uh, So you might have access to this great stationary bike at home but if you don't, you know, create time and space uh, and energy around using it, you're never going to get on the thing. So 
um, yeah, the our analogy with that stuff goes pretty far usually. That is really good. That is good. I've been that's using a stationary good. bike while playing video games. Uh, that's excellent. I love that. The only thing that's been able to be like, all right, yeah, no, I can go do this. And obviously it's Seattle and so it's very wet. And usually mm-hmm. we would be able to go outside and exercise, but that's not always an option. Um, so we mm-hmm. splurged and got a bike uh, and then I put it right near where the video game system was. And I'm like, wait a second, I can do this. And then, before, I mean, I'm running away from zombies and uh, I'm like going faster and not even realizing That's it. That's awesome. And it's been, yeah, it's been really great to do like a, you know, an hour, sometimes 75 minutes without even really realizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what yeah, I, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I'm interested because I try to create an athletic challenge in uh, a D&D session uh, mm. and I ended up doing a jumping thing where there was like basically like pillars and the character was trying to jump from one to one mm-hmm. to get to a treasure at the back uh, and I was struck because I was like trying to search I was like oh what are some athletic challenges uh, and nothing came up that really felt like it modeled what I wanted which was like a, a heroic feat like Hercules you know that type of stuff um, so have you had any experience with trying to come up with stuff, not taking D&D and modeling it in the real world, but taking the right. real world and trying to model it into, into D&D? Maybe that's more of a dungeon mastery type thing, but is, have you had any experience yeah. in, in any of the games that you've played in that have uh, been like, oh man, this is something that I can use in, my, in, in Geek Girl Strong? Oh yeah, so like when we were meeting in person especially, um, so my first D&D character was a monk elf named Renlin, mm. and uh, she was a little bit of a klutz. It was one of, you know, her downsides. So it was very funny. She could do all these really cool things, but every once in a while she would, like, trip on her own feet while trying to do a cartwheel to impress a girl. It was this whole thing. <laughs> but <laughs> Sounds like a very, did you roll a one with you did your acrobatics? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I sure did. Yeah. I sure did. That's great. <laughs> Um, you know, so I would take those kinds of things. And when we were meeting in person, especially for Geek Girl Strong events, we would be, I would be able to like set up an entire room with cones and different things like that so that people could jump from one space to the other and create an entire storyline with it. Um, so there was one workout where I was like the workout master And we actually did this online for our uh, RPG-themed workout. So I rolled every single one and gave them the list of movements they had to do. So they weren't rolling on their own. I was rolling everything for them. Um, And then the movements led them through a storyline. So like first you're you like you wake up and you're on the ground and you realize that there's someone there to attack you. So they do like sit-ups with punches to start. And then they do tricep dips as if they're like pushing themselves up on a chair to get up. And then they do squats and kicks when they're standing. And it like led them through this entire story of like eventually running away. Um, that was really fun. That is fun. I get excited about that's that kind of stuff. So, that's really cool. And I yeah. like, and it, it can work both ways. Like a lot of times people equate exercise with like, I don't want to like, Something negative, bad. Like it's mm-hmm. it's too much. It's it's hard work. I yeah. They think like I have to go to the gym, which also can suck. Uh, I have to get on a treadmill and I have to run. And if I'm not like doing something that I hate, then I'm not exercising. And you often yes, totally. forget that like, hey, if you like 
like taking a walk, like that still mm-hmm. is exercise. If you like dancing, Absolutely. that is still exercise. Rock climbing, like paddle, like whatever it is that you enjoy. So like, I'm wondering if, um, and I think Greg, we talked to Jay Tallsquall a little bit about this when we were talking about D and D fitness. Yeah. It's like, if, if there are people who maybe feel like resistant to the idea of exercising, if like do it, can you do it in character? Can you do it as like, if you're a rogue, like you, you got to practice your squats. Why? Because you're mm-hmm. going to be crouching down a lot. So, okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. walk in a squat position, like a, across your living room, like you're like trying to get underneath a window or something. Or if you're a wizard, totally. then, you know, practice throwing that fireball. Like take a can of soup and just like do this movement you know, ten times or whatever. No, absolutely, <laughs> you're totally right. And I've had conversations with more more in terms with like one on one clients because we have more time to like dig into things mm-hmm. about like what class inspires you the most or what kind of character inspires you the most. So like I've had clients who aren't used to moving aggressively. If I'm teaching them how to do a deadlift, I'm like, you cannot do this gingerly. You need to like have a little force behind it to pick up this weight. Um, And then we'll talk about like, okay, you have to tap into your barbarian because the soft stuff is not working. We need you to rage out right now. Um, (laughs) So, you know, that's been super helpful. And then if like thinking about a monk, being like, all right, we need to work on agility and we need to work on dexterity and we need to work on all of these different aspects of your character. So I actually, we don't use the terms as much just because if people need it, I do it, but it could like get really big. Um, The the kind of sheets that I use with my clients to track their progress are called their character sheets. Nice. Um, And so we we tend to use the XP, HP, MP along with like things that you said. So that was really good. I, and what I love about that is because, you know, especially like the crouching or doing these motions that like model what your character is. Next time you're role playing that character, you know, at the table, not exercising, mm. you'll have this like muscle memory of what it yeah. feels like Absolutely. Um, to do these motions. Obviously, you're never going to, you know, feel what a fireball from a from a wizard <laughs> actually feels like but like just having sure. the like the idea of oh yeah this is not that weird from taking a shot in a basketball game or you know mm-hmm. running as fast as i can uh doing sprints you know like that's what it feels like when you're you know describing events in a D&D uh game and i don't know i love that because it just makes the role play that much more visceral yeah i agree yeah so, um, so I, tell me more about your monk. I, I love this uh, this yeah. half elf uh, uh, monk that you uh, were describing. Brendan. Yeah, I I haven't been able to play her as much lately because this group doesn't meet anymore. But I miss her uh, a lot. She's an orphan, <laughs> uh, doesn't know her parents, so she was left at the monastery when she was a toddler. And she never got to learn how to speak her own language, Mm. but she can write, she can read in it, all of those things very well. But the way that we would explain it is every time she would meet another elf is she would try her best, but it would come off like if someone were speaking Spanish and they would go like, hola, because they just (laughs) don't have the accent. They've never heard it to, to know how to use the letters and words that they have. Um, so she's very sincere. Uh, she's, you know, like a teen. Um, she started growing out her hair for the first time ever 
during the campaign. So she was like learning what her hair looked like. Um, she had her first crush during the campaign. She rarely ever used weapons. She loved using her fists. Um, very big fan of jumping off of things and kicking and punching very quickly. Uh, she she was the kindest little firecracker in my life. Uh, oh. And and I love, I've obviously, I feel very strongly for her. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I miss playing her a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All that. Um, I... You know, want to want to start a campaign with that with that character in mind. It just seems like there's so many stories to be told there. Yeah, she her background was a secret. Only the DM and I know. Uh, the rest of the group doesn't know. I don't think they'll listen to this, but I'm still not going to say it because it didn't get to come out yet. Right? Like ah. we didn't get to that part of the story. You'll um, get there. You'll be able to get back yeah. together one day, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, so yeah, she she is a lot of fun to play, and it was the first time that I really got to flesh out a character because I was one of those girls who like didn't have other people to play D and D with growing up, right. and I always wanted to. So I ended up playing a lot of RPG video games as an only child, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, who didn't have uh, conversations with other friends about these things. Really, um, lots of card trading. Like, because people brought that to school, like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic the Gathering and all of those things and Pokemon um, originally. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't didn't have other kids to play D&D with. And I got older and like one group tried to start and then it fell apart very quickly. So we never even got started. Um, So it was only as an adult that I finally, like only child dreams, I finally got to get together with other people. That's great. um, Who... Yeah, who like had exposure to it through older siblings or like things like that. Um, and I finally got the opportunity. So I think I kind of ran with it with Ren. It's very similar yeah. to my story because I, I was always fascinated, always loved uh, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, read a lot of the books and was always like, mm-hmm. I'm going to find this group sometime. And mm-hmm. maybe it was actually something similar to what we were talking about at the beginning of this interview about like not knowing where my place was when I was in middle school and not knowing, totally. you know, a lot of my, I love my friends to death, but they were never really into it. I tried to get them into it and they were like, this is kind of silly. And I'm like, yeah, it is kind of mm-hmm. silly. Uh, yeah. At the time, because I didn't know what I was doing either. I was trying to dungeon totally. master. And so like, yeah, things would start and sputter out and fall apart. And I tried to meet older kids who were playing and you know, and that didn't work for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I got to New York City, actually. And I, uh, w- I realized that it also I had a religious upbringing. And so that was always... Gotcha. Not uh, encouraged, it, yeah. uh, and it's sure. hard to get dropped off at a kid's house when you're like, "Can I go? I'm gonna kill some demons." They're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, so I realized that, like, hey, I'm an adult. I'm in the biggest city in the world, or at least you know, in in, in my world. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people who play D and D here and found online communities. And so many. I really had that awakening with a half elf character. Actually, uh, oh. Was a ranger, and I had played that campaign for like two and a half years, and oh, you know, everything awesome. kind of took off from there. So, yeah, it's 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 a hard um, thing to navigate, especially in mm-hmm. adolescence and and mm-hmm. and growing into adulthood, is finding Absolutely. your people. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's so cool that that's what a big part of what Geek Girl Strong is is finding finding people of like mind, uh, while also hoping to. To add some 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 fitness yeah. and athleticism to what they're doing, I I always like to 
Like if there are any teenagers listening, I swear you're both out there. You just haven't found each other yet because all of the adults in the Geek Girl Strong community, like we look at each other and sometimes we're just like, where were you? I needed you. Like I needed you at 15. Um, And because some of us were both in Brooklyn, but we just didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, I hope it's comforting for like a 15 year old out there who might be listening to know that there are these people who are now getting to experience what we wish that we could have when we were younger. Um, And I think that's why things like Geek Girl Strong work because we're like, oh, you have been here. It wasn't just me uh, who like, I don't know, wanted to run track, but also go home and play Mario Kart all night. Um, you know, and it's been, it's been really cool. I'm very fortunate for the community. I lead it. They have done so much more for Geek Girl Strong than I ever could have though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely important for the teenagers to find their people. I mean, that's just such a formative age and you need that support, but it's just as important for adults and it's harder for adults to find that community and and make those friends because, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not, especially, you know, if we're remote, but even right. when we weren't remote, like most of the people I met and became friends with as an adult are people that I, I went to work every day with. Like that's the equivalent of school, basically. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of adults that, that don't have that, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to make those those friends and those mm-hmm. connections. And fitness and community and D&D can certainly be that bridge for those people. Yeah, I think you know, we forget that there's a reason why people like CrossFit so much. And it's not just because it's a crazy workout, right? Like they like, and I used to be one of those people not coming down on the CrossFit community. Um, I first started being able to weightlift because of CrossFit, Mm. because it was a community of people who included women who were learning how to lift heavy. I never had anybody teach me. I only started in my mid twenties and I'm in my early thirties now. Um, so like, I also like, I forget to mention that, but I like for people to know that like, I was not always weightlifting because I never had anyone teach me. It's the same thing with like, I never had a D and D party cause I never had anyone to have one with. Um, yeah. but given the opportunity, it really helped me in a lot of different ways, but we forget that like people like playing D and D cause it's really cool to role play, but it's really cool to role play with other people. And people like CrossFit because it's really cool to do all of those athletic things. But we go to CrossFit to do them because sometimes it's cool doing them with other people. Um, and I think there's just a lot that overlays between mm-hmm. uh, the fitness or even like jock community and the nerd community. I mean, the biggest cosplayers are sports fans, but I could go into an entire rant about how it's all the same. Um, I, <laughs> yes. And fantasy, like any fantasy sport like- I'm the commissioner of my baseball league. Well, I'm an elf. So, right, exactly. It's all (laughs) we're kind of the same, buddy. (laughs) We're all just fans of something. And that's why, like, when I think of the word fandom, I include sports fans. I include all of it because we're we're all doing the same thing in actuality. And and sometimes the sports fans take it even, you know, uh, beyond the fandoms uh, uh, around. Absolutely. Other things uh, out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. There analogy. is a lot of similarities. I keep thinking like, okay, so for f- people who want to maybe get into fitness, but it's 
it's daunting and it's hard and um, maybe it just it seems too big to mm-hmm. to just jump into. I think maybe people might have similar feelings about D and D. You know, like mm-hmm. if you don't know what it is, you might think it's a lot of rules, it's a lot of math, it's a lot of people. I don't want to roll. I don't want to like very similar perceived barriers to both. But I mean, you, you're kind of hearing you talk. Hopefully, people are realizing like, oh, like you know, baby steps or there's lots of, it can be fun. You can actually like, you know, make this be a great experience. But what, what would you, what advice would you give people who want to start on their fitness journey, for instance, or just start making some healthier changes and feel very overwhelmed by that process? Choose one thing. It doesn't have to be one thing from each area of health. Just one thing that you feel really confident about doing So I always ask clients like, all right, we set this really big goal. How confident do you feel that you're going to be able to unlock this achievement between a one and a 10? 10 being you're super confident about it and one being like, this is not going to happen. Because the biggest thing that I have found from, and I realized this watching middle schoolers fail at games (laughs) a lot because that's what happens when you're learning Mm -hmm. a new game as a kid. If you don't give people a chance to succeed at something, there's no reason that they're going to want to ever do it again. Mm. So the kid who can't get the ball in the hoop, you got to give them something else to be good at in the game or else they're never going to want to play games with other kids. Why would they? They, They only know the feeling of failure. Everyone needs to feel a feeling of success to get the reward system going in their brain so they'll want to do it again. So same thing with adults. If you keep setting up this workout goal, I'm going to work out for an hour, four days a week, and you keep failing at it, you're just going to keep feeling bad about working out four days a week for an hour. Right. It might feel bad about yourself too, but you're definitely, and this is what we all three of us have been saying is like, people hate these things for a reason. (laughs) It's not out of nowhere. Um, So give yourself the opportunity to succeed before anything else. So give your, it's baby steps, yes, but make sure that baby step is something that you can actually succeed at. So your brain goes, oh, this is a nice feeling. I did a thing. (laughs) And then you'll want to do it again. And when that thing becomes pretty easy for you, that's when you add on a new thing. If you take on too much and you fail at any of it, it's going to feel real crappy and like justly. That's how brains work. Yeah. That's so funny because I just, I saw a, uh, a tweet from uh, a contributor to uh, a new book that's coming out, Candle Keep Mysteries, uh, Amy Vorpal. And she said something mm-hmm. about writing, uh, which is basically the exact same thing, which is like uh, something um, that's imperfect but done is way better than something that is just never done. Like if you mm-hmm. if you never work at something, if you never do anything, you know, that's that's not a that's not an end goal that anybody would be happy with. But even mm-hmm. if you do like be okay with failure or be okay with with setting up smaller goals or or at least that small dopamine release in your head so that exactly. when you get something, it doesn't it, it feels good, not oh, well I didn't do, you know, 70 minutes on the bike and, and then lifts. Uh, oh, I guess I'm a failure. Like, no, do right. do 10 minutes. I mean, even just, you know, my little thing about uh, uh, biking on uh, while playing video games, like I try to do it every day, but I was like, I'm not going to set a time goal. I'm just going to do it for as long as I can. 
And um, it started with like 20 minutes, started at then 30. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept working up just like you did. Um, and that just made the the mental leap of wanting to exercise so much less of a burden. Yeah. And when you talk about failing, uh, a phrase that I really like, and I got it from a book somewhere, so it's not my idea, but I can't remember mm-hmm. the author right now, um, is to fail better mm-hmm. each time. Like you're going to fail again. Uh, but taking whatever information you have from the last failure and making it a better failure next time is better than never doing the thing at all. My, uh, yes. my daughter said something that she learned in school. Uh, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes progress. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, that's right. Like, it is true. Like, you feel better, right? You're just right. it's very you're getting insightful. a little feel bit better, better at something profound. every time you, you do it. So make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, Robin, so, I gotta again. I gotta say it. Not feeling real dungeon mastery again. Because <laughs> again, like I've talked to a lot of dungeon masters, and it seems like they're always trying to find success, like ways for the party to feel successful. Especially when you're learning D anD D, you don't want people to like to go in and like kill their character right away, like. Let them <laughs> right, exactly. succeed so that's they can no feel like what that's like to like to contribute, especially, you know, know what their strengths are. And again, I so I'm going to tell you the reason why I'm so intimidated. I'm going to tell you okay. why. Three DMs that I've worked with in my life created their own stories. And it wasn't until oh, the yeah. fourth one that I had someone who was reading the books and then embellishing. So I mm-hmm. have had too many experiences of watching people create their entire world rather than like, you know, doing it from the book and then adding on your own things a little bit. So here like and the there. bar, bar's too high. It was, you think? It was set too high. The, and that's yeah. exactly what we were talking about. I set myself yeah. up for failure. So I didn't try. <laughs> I, I appreciate that so much. Well, because then maybe. <laughs> that was the same. I mean, even just, I was, you know, I wanted to be yeah. a writer uh, at one point and I wanted to create a fantasy thing just like uh, J.R. Tolkien did. And then I looked at his notes and the Silmarillion and all these languages that he made up. And I got it in my head, even as a young kid, that I was like, I have to have maps and legends mm-hmm. and another language made up. Mm-hmm. I'm not a linguist. I didn't know how to make up a language when I was, you know, 11. <laughs> so guess what? Never actually did any of it <laughs> because happened. it was exactly. too high of a bar. And what's fun about um, uh, dungeon mastering a homebrew because I've been doing that recently, uh, really for the first time, where I've had a long term campaign that has been all stuff that I've made up. I don't, I don't prepare any of it. Like I've got like some vague ideas that of like where cool, I'm going to go in my head. I've got, I, you know, <laughs> spend some time making a map. That's about it. I don't know what's on the map, and I'd make huh. it all up while playing. Usually, I mean, sometimes I'll have some things in my head that I want to have happen, but guess what? The players don't do what I expect them to do anyway. So even the stuff that I've made up, I'm like, huh, I guess they're not going to really go that way. All right, well, why did I spend all that time making it? It's all about creating it in the moment, and um, it's been a lot more freeing for, Mm -hmm. for, for that type of stuff. And then, of course, taking stuff from the books is a completely valid way to play because nobody, you know, not everyone has that. That, that crazy mind of those first three dungeon masters that you had that can map everything out, right? And, you know, those, those people are awesome and more power to yeah. them. But, or the, or the um, time to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 
take it. And it's, it's, you're, Shelly's totally right. It's not that dissimilar from the way that you're talking about leading this group, leading 50 kids. Like anybody can lead 50 kids in a game. You're basically dungeon mastering. You can dungeon master. (laughs) What I have also learned about homebrew is because I, I, I aspire one day to be a dungeon master, but I am so scared. I just, I just feel too responsible for everyone's good time and I don't want people to not have fun. But, um, what I've learned about the homebrew stuff is that if you create your own world um, and you mess up rules, which is what I'm kind of concerned about, you can just be like, well, that's how it works in my world. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to use that tone of voice you too? Just, you yeah. have to talk you like that. Young like yes. yeah. Well, that's how it works here in Shalania. <laughs> Shalania. You're just creating a nice cushion for your failures. Yeah. <laughs> also good to but know I, you all are starting to convince me. I'm a little, I'm a little closer than I was I, at the beginning of the interview. Nice. Normally I would say, you know, don't be a dungeon master. Like, like some of us are just meant to be players and that's great. But I feel like with you, I just have a sense that I think that you would be a really good dungeon master and it would it would be a shame to not explore that side. Second biggest compliment. First, I wish you were my PE teacher. Two, you can be I a wish DM. you were my dungeon master. <laughs> I wish you were my dungeon master. I like that. I wish you were my dungeon master. <laughs> and then that that brings it all together. Oh, that is the compliment. That's perfect. Ah, oh, well this has been so wonderful uh speaking to you Robin and uh getting inspired uh, I feel like I'm going to go work out after this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I hope go I gave some good out. information. Um, you definitely did. I think like the the most important thing we can take from this is that fitness can be fun. Yes, and like uh, you know, find the the thing that you just naturally enjoy doing, and just do it because mm-hmm. it's exercise isn't just running in place on a treadmill. And food and that is good for you can taste good as well. They lied to yeah. us about Brussels sprouts, and I will never oh, stop right? talking about it. <laughs> Brussels sprouts got like a real raw deal. They're delicious. They're so good when you just put fat and salt and pepper on them. <laughs> all healthy Go things figure. that you have to add to it. No, but you need yeah. all of those things. Yeah, stir frying a bus Brussels sprouts with some some so caramelized good. onions. It's like actually one of my favorite Ugh. things. It's so good. Yeah. They lied to they us. They lied. Same thing with bro- like they roasted really broccoli and, and cauliflower. Like all of it. My wife's said, been putting said it yesterday. Everything seasoning over all of it with some olive oil, put it in the oven, Ugh. and it's like candy mm. vegetables. It yes. is. It really Seriously. is, especially broccoli when it gets a little real crispy on the ends. Oh, so this is good. like this is definitely nerdier than talking about D and D right now. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that little crispy. Broccoli. Oh. Well, it's there's a reason so why so many good. fantasy authors uh, <laughs> describe the foods that are <laughs> on the table. The morsels. Yeah, right. Well, Robin, yes. I, hopefully we've inspired uh, people to to uh, you know jump in and start doing some of this stuff on their own. But if they want to uh, participate in Geek Curl Strong, what's the best uh, way for them to, to kind of look up and find out more? 
So geekgirlstrong.com is the best way. Signing up for our newsletter will make sure that people don't miss anything, like the signups for the one-up challenge that's coming when I am your health coach for a week. And it's pay whatever you can. So it's donation-based. You can pay me $0 and I will still be your health coach for a week. Um, And then at geekgirlstrong on Instagram. And I'm trying to get better at Twitter. Uh, it makes me real anxious, but I'm trying to do it. Cool. <laughs> well, hopefully, it's, it's a- like damning. Like then, don't be there. You know, just don't That's worry true. about it. That's true. <laughs> oh, and the Patreon is like the biggest thing for internet folks. Uh, since we can't meet in person, it's just Patreon.com/slash/GeekGirlStrong, and you can join our online community and get lots of rewards that are all very geeky. Hmm. XP and you and have MP. a podcast too. I do. It's the Healthy Geek Academy. And we were on a little bit of a hiatus around the holidays, but a new episode about therapy where I interview a therapist is coming out soon. Oh, that's great. Oh, nice. Okay. Excellent. Can't if wait. If you need any recommendations for therapists, we have talked to many wonderful therapists on Dragon Talk that use D&D as part of their therapy. So, yeah. yeah, this person did as well. So I wonder if it's the same person we should talk about. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Whoa, there's intermingling happening. Yeah. I love it. Whoa, crazy. Crazy. Well, you're doing great work, oh, Robin. Amazing. And thanks Thank again. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me. For this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, it's our pleasure. Yeah, this, this was great. I feel very inspired. And uh, again, we, we love and appreciate the work that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Oh I my loved God. talking to Robin. Uh, what a wonderful amount of work that she's doing combining these things I love that the work of gym teaching and you know fitness is all uh, you know dovetailing with her uh, being a, uh, a geeky person uh, and, and spreading that word I love it so hopefully yes. more people are inspired so to inspiring. do that I think so and I think she is instilling a love of, of health fitness and geekdom in um, all of those those children yeah. that she was teaching and shout out Great to New work. York City I Every single time we talk to someone uh, from from that town, I get a little nostalgic. I want to go back one I'm day. Sure. One day we'll one be able day. to travel again. Remember that? Yeah. Airplanes, airports, <laughs> Sabaro pizza. <laughs> Don't say that. That's what. <laughs> I'm thinking of airports. Oh, okay. In the airports, not the. My my favorite New York pizza, right. Sabaro. My favorite, my favorite New York pizza. I don't know if you've had it. Yeah. It's called it's Sabaro. It's called Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope everyone's joining the Geek Girl Strong community. Uh, but if you would like to participate in everything that's going on in Dungeons & Dragons, there's a lot of ways to get on board. I mentioned the Discord server uh, at the top, but definitely... Jump into that if that is your thing. Uh, there's an official Dungeons & Dragons uh, server full of people trying to get together and uh, meet other like-minded people. Um, as well, uh, DungeonsAndDragons.com is always a good place to start and get information on upcoming products. Dragon Plus should be downloaded on your phones. Everyone here should have it uh, listening right now. If you're not, it's a great resource for uh, upcoming D&D things as well as maps legends, uh, interviews with people in the community um, complimenting a lot of the stuff that we do here on this podcast. Totally worth your while and I am not ashamed to plug a story, a short story that I wrote uh, in the fall um, in the October issue, uh, I believe, of Dragon Plus. 
about my favorite gnome inquisitive, Dharma. Yeah. Dharma so Fizzbottom. when are we going to get part two? I, when are we going to continue the adventures of Dharma? I would love to. I was actually uh, thinking of uh, a story idea this week. So maybe I'll be, I'll be pitching that and seeing if we can make it work. Would, would you uh, want to see a continuation of the story of Dharma, of Dharma where she was? Or would you want like a, a, a back when she was in Waterdeep? That's what I'm kind of, I, I would be fine with either, but I am very curious about her now that we know a little bit about her, but maybe something that explains a little bit more about her background and where she came from and just more. Just give me more. All right. Well, water deep it is. I like, uh, I like the idea of, of little snippets of her life, not necessarily in chronological order yeah. uh, through short stories. So, all right. We'll do it. But if you want to find out what we're talking about, Dharma Fizzbottom uh, in Icewind Dale uh, is a fantastic mystery, hopefully, that you'll enjoy. I say fantastic because it is fantasy, not necessarily that it's an equality there. <laughs> I say fantastic because it is fantastic. Aww. Well, thank you, Shelley. It's a wonderful story. You're welcome. Uh, if you want to follow me, I am at Greg Tito on Twitter and Instagram, Greg underscore Tito. I've been posting like lots of pictures of sunsets in West Seattle recently. So yes. take a look. What about you? Um, if you would like to follow me and get my hot takes on this new season of The Bench. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> we haven't even brought it up once. I know. Um, I'm not actually. I'm just join me at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know what I'll be talking about. I don't really know. You just don't know. The Bachelor is basically like a failed D and D game. Uh, Why are you saying fail? Because it's it's a failure. Everything falls apart at it the end. Even, we're on like episode three. You don't know that. Oh, there's you a, don't I know that. I was thinking about last season. Wasn't there like some, oh, some fails? the Bachelorette. Yeah, they've already broken. <laughs> it's, it's all a charade. Uh, but, you know, more power to the, uh, their romance cosplay that they do every, every half it's, a season. It's also now. a fantasy story, just like D&D. Very, very okay. true. Uh, has yeah. there been a D&D? Why we, uh, has there been someone who plays Dungeons & Dragons on either of those shows? Uh, I don't. I feel like maybe on The Bachelorette, like some of... No, not outwardly, like nobody has. But I have wanted to see the uh, D&D on the, one of the, those shows, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, because I think it would make it a wonderful group date. Because what a great way to like see who these people truly are yeah. by the way that they support each other at a D&D game. Because you know they're all just going to be trying to knock each other off. Right. And, you know, I, I like to knock you for your for your bachelor fandom uh but mm -hmm, it's very mm -hmm. you know it's it's a lot of what we were just talking about in the interview with robin like people are well-rounded they can have different interests and uh you know combine or not combine them as the case may be so i i right um do not define me by my love of the bachelor but, please god don't define me by that. <laughs> but i love that you're trying to get bachelor into D and vice versa uh i think mm -hmm. uh yeah. that's i like it I, I like it when my worlds collide yeah yeah i'd love to see that well, we will make it happen one of these days. Speaking of worlds colliding, we've had two characters' stories collide in our... Oh, thank God. Our recent story between Drunky Two-Shoes and Daryl Two-Shoes. They've been reunited. They are on a boat uh, off the Sword Coast uh, in between Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate. What 
do you want to do? Uh, you had just met uh, Salazar, uh, the pirate, burly pirate who uh, helped you out uh, in mm-hmm. the altercation. Uh, and you're on that boat now uh, with two others uh, who are just kind of following along uh, with Salazar and a very wet, drunky, uh, and Daryl uh, are there. And Daryl does not look very happy. It's very no. wet and defeated. <laughs> he starts licking We have himself. been... He hasn't really shown much um, like enthusiasm for being rescued or being reunited with me. So that was kind of bugging me a little. But now I kind of feel like there might be something under the surface that he's just not telling me. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Daryl, let's go uh, down below so I can help dry you off and get some warm Food in you. Oh, Let's go. I would love that. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, of course. And he, he makes a few um, glances to the, the sailors and makes sure that they're not following. Okay. They are not. Salazar, it's just, I'm just going to help him out here. He's, you know, give him a little space. Wink. Makes sense. Uh, Thanks, we'll continue uh, our course here. Try to put as much distance between that old boat and, and uh, uh, us as we can. Thank you. Uh, okay, so yeah, you go okay. down below deck. Um, it's not a very large cabin. It's, you know, it's doubles as a cargo hold. There's some hammocks uh, where people sometimes uh, sleep down here. Um, very small, cramped, very dark. Uh, only one or two portholes uh, coming in here. Um, but you are a little bit of private as long as you speak quietly. What the hell is going on, Daryl? Oh, drunky. You don't have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. What do you mean? There are term kind of loosely after me but you're safe now i'm gonna get you out of here who are these bozos up above don't worry i don't know some dude that i just met oh you met yeah yeah i I, I actually can't remember how i met him (laughs) (laughs) why is he helping you it was months ago i don't know i think he's i think he fancies me a little (laughs) Do you trust him? Uh, yeah, I trust him. And also, he's kind of our only hope right now. So tell me where you need to go, and we will get you there to safety. Well, I'm a bit suspicious of everyone these days. Yeah, I, I get that. But he's our only chance for getting you to safety right now, and he's totally helped me out. He, he didn't have to help rescue you or help saved my life. I think he saved my life. I don't know. You know, I have always had those memory problems. <laughs> he, he looks at you strangely, actually. And uh, for the first time, you see his eyes kind of kind of really narrow. Um, can I do like, uh, an insight check on, yeah. on him? Oh, I rolled a 17. Oh. And, I'm, and I have a plus five. Okay. Um, you get the, you know, deep suspicion from him. Uh, and for the first time in your interactions, you know, since you rescued him, you can see he might be questioning um, your loyalty. Not necessarily that, that it's uh, drunky. He may even not even think that you are who you say you are. That's what the narrowing of the eyes. You kind of get that sense. Daryl. It's me, drunky. Prove it. 
You can trust me. What was the name of the town that we were born in? Kittles Town. Okay. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Kittles Town. Um, Good old Kittles Town. That's what we called our secret hiding space in the woods. I'm glad you remember that. There are people. What's going on, dude? Since I've left you in Cholt, I have uncovered a deep conspiracy of doppelgangers are taking over Waterdeep. This is gonna be fun. And we will end it there. More fun stuff to come on the ongoing adventures of Drunky Two Shoes and Daryl.